is Spokane Soccer Show, and I am your host, Benji Wade. On this very special episode, I had a chance to sit down with Gonzaga women's head coach Chris Watkins and put a bookend on the podcast we recorded in late October. We recorded this episode the day before Thanksgiving, and what I didn't realize at the time was that Coach Watkins hadn't really talked to any of his coaches or players about their loss to UC Irvine in the tournament. So it was really cool to talk to him about that game, reflect on their historic season, and look ahead to a really exciting future of the program. Shout out to fellow co-working for providing the space with which this conversation took place. My friend Brendan of Spokast was out of town, so it was really nice to have somewhere to go on such short notice. So the audio is going to sound a little bit different than what you're used to. And one quick note, I have at least two more podcasts that I intend to record before the end of the year. And as always, I'll keep everyone updated on our Instagram page. Okay, without further ado, here is my conversation with WCC Conference Coach of the Year, Chris Watkins. So what about when these couple pro teams get into town? What will your role be at that at that point? Or, or, or are you wanting to be involved? Surely you're wanting to be involved and they'll lean on your both your, you know, the people who are following you, followers, but also your knowledge and interest. It's a great question. And I'm going to I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to start by just saying I'm here with Coach Chris Watkins. <laughs> the now I had to write, write this note late. WCC Conference Coach of the Year, Chris Watkins, WCC Conference Champion. Chris Watkins. So it does sound better. It does sound better. A lot has transpired since the last time we saw each other. Yeah. Um, and you're starting with a great question. You're asking me a question. I love it. Um, the, the focus, I think, is going to be of the future of Spokane Soccer Show is that I do want to take some of that knowledge that I've built up over a life of playing the sport up until I was probably 20 years old, give or take, mm-hmm. and then watching the sport on TV way too much and being a huge follower yeah. of like the Premier League, et cetera, turn that that scrutiny and that level of discernment on teams that play here locally. Yeah. And the two professional teams, I think will probably represent somewhere in the range of give or take 50% of the focus, mm-hmm. you know, but I want to leave and serendipitously the, the Gonzaga women's team became part of this journey. My muse, obviously, right, for mm-hmm. the better part part of two months now. Um, It's been a great exercise in like how how I can model some of the approaches to content. I still have a fundamental question to answer, which came up on our recent podcast with my friend Jay Mm -hmm. of what do I want to do with this thing? Do I want to be a journalist or do I just want to be the hype guy who generates conversation about the sport? Right. I don't have a clear answer to that right now. Because that's a good question because there's going to need to be an expert in town, right? Yeah. There needs to be experts in town on on why they did this, why they could do that, why they didn't sure. do this. Someone to interpret and be the play by or the the play by play and the color person. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I don't you, think you that's it. me. Yeah. Because the flow of that real time stuff is actually quite stressful to me. Mm. Um, if you listened to that podcast, and there's a section where I talk about the experience of um, trying to watch the game and document it at the same time, mm-hmm. that's very difficult. Yeah. Because I want to sit there. First of all, I want to enjoy it with some friends and family, but I also want to be able to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. I know? find that that when I watch a game critically, thinking meaning I have to play them next. Yeah. Um, I don't enjoy the game at all. Yeah. It's all business. Are you just thinking these are all the ways they could beat us? Yeah. And here's. <laughs> Here's, here's what this player does. Here's what that player does. Yeah. And so my mind is thinking, how do we match up? Here's who I have on that side. As opposed to when I watch a game and I know I'm not going to play any of them. In fact, in fact, watching the, the College Cup next weekend and the, the, the quarterfinals this weekend, yeah. some of those teams I think we're going to play that we could play next year and it, it can't, you can't enjoy it. Yeah. And some... You didn't you, even get to watch enjoy watching Nebraska kill UC Irvin. Right. 
no enjoyment you're like, from that at all. I have to play Nebraska next year. Yeah, I, yeah. So it I did just, play Nebraska this year. Yeah. Right. So it just it kind of sucks the fun out of the game a little bit. Yeah. But that's why watching a game when you have no, and I, I watch our men's team uh, at Gonzaga when I watch them play. It's an enjoyable watch. Yeah. But people ask me, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Because you have like, no skin in the game. No skin, and so I can just watch it as a game. Yeah. Um, but but at the end, people say, well, "What do you think? Could they have done that?" And I'm like, well, "I didn't even notice. Didn't even, I was just enjoying the game." Yeah. So my eye isn't critical unless. I, unless I need to play them or feel like I could play them or yeah. feel like someone might be in the transfer portal someday or whatever. Yep. Otherwise, I can I can enjoy a game pretty well without... without And, and watching Spokane's, you know, the Velocity play... Uh, it should no, be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be yeah. fun as long as, I, as long as I don't think I need to answer a question about what do you think they could have done? Yeah. I'm not an expert. And the last thing, you know, they're going to have a couple coaches. They got it what they need. You, I, not, you and I should go to a game together and try to enjoy it through that lens. I yeah. think it'd be really challenging and fun. Yeah. But I got to admit, I am dilettante, not expert. I'm I'm just a person who knows a thing or two and can ask a couple questions, I hope, and yeah. create the conversation. But my number one goal, and, and I share this with Jay, and Jay doesn't come in with my level of experience with the sport, yeah. but we still want the same thing, which yeah. is just enthusiasm and to build a big tent for people to enjoy it. Right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, if we can have 20 nights a year yeah. at the stadium over there with people having a great oh, time and yeah. enjoying themselves and... Uh, personally just not being critical just enjoying the game for what it is uh that sounds like a worth, worth a season ticket right there and and you know for me you mentioned that you have skin in the game when you watch the the women's ncaa game for me if i'm trying to do this stuff at the same time as watch a game i know way too much about this stuff mm-hmm. so i'm like oh my framing oh god whatever right, right. <laughs> and there's a moment where i've had a couple serendipitous i'll keep using that word um marissa's goal against idaho mm-hmm. i was not going to get video that day i got a ton of video against Loyola marymount and mm-hmm. I, it ruined the experience of watching that game. Yeah, it really did. For sure. Um, I was also there with some parents that were very, very nervous, and that was like hard. The energy. Yeah. Until Kelsey's goal, but I was there and just happened. I was like, okay, well, Marissa's got a free kick, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn might on the camera. Well, my phone. Yeah, 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 I might as well. I got a better angle than ESPN did. You did. You I did. did. <laughs> your your video online was by far the best. By angle. far the best angle. And <laughs> right. So I'm like that 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 gets into a guy like me, my brain of well, what if I hadn't turned on my camera? Right. Right. I wouldn't have that piece of content, but I can't, I, I've got to be really careful with yeah. where, yeah. how I orient myself to this activity of the Spokane soccer show while enjoying the sport and so forth. So, right. 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 Good point. Great, great conversation setter, because um, I asked you a question coming into this of like, I want to start with coach of the year, WCC conference champion. Since the last time I saw you, you had three, arguably four historically important and incredible games, right? Beginning with defeating Santa Clara at home, mm-hmm. then had the late draw with Loyola Marymount, then beat Pepperdine in an incredibly dominant performance, hashtag Gianna Riley. Mm-hmm. And then um, you beat Idaho in the first round of the NCAA tournament, which is the first in the program's history to get out of the first round. That's true, right? It is true. And earned a home game. I think being Idaho is important and they were a good team this year. Yes. But being able to earn the home game is what allowed that to happen. Um, and that was a accumulation of, of the full season to get there. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to bid farewell to the players. I even asked you before coming up here. I was like, well, a couple of days ago, I said, you know, are you going to do something as a team? Because mm-hmm. there's this part of me that got so invested in this team and the, the story that I wanted to just give a little high five to every player. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it's me kind too. of funny. But my, what's that? I said, me too. Right. We, we finished the game have, and we go on the, ha- yeah, we go on the bus and it's very sad. You know, everybody's it's the end. And you got a couple seniors there and you think this is the last time. 
time. And you have a, the, 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 the hotel was not even a mile away from the field. So we had this quick bus ride back. We had to do a few things before we get there with the players. Most of the players were together, but parents just separated everybody. And so, yeah, there's a certain, there's a certain finality to the, to the season that we haven't really experienced. And we come back next Tuesday, but players don't have to be at workouts now, right? There's different NCAA rules now. And then we only, on the seventh, they, they go into to a quiet period. And so we can't work out with them at all. And so mm. we have this small window. We have a Christmas party and hopefully everybody can be there, but it's not required. And, and hopefully that'll be our time. But otherwise in January, we'll do an, we'll do a banquet and okay. get everybody together. So I'm, I'm so glad that you, you went there because I, I probably just made an assumption that, oh, coach and the players have already had a chance. You guys have reviewed the tape. You've sat down and looked at the game and had a big, long talk. And maybe that didn't happen. Maybe it was a little shorter. It hasn't happened. Okay. Um, Whitney is off recruiting. She's she's already in Surf Cup starts on Friday. She's down there Thanksgiving, celebrating Thanksgiving with some family. But she's gone. Cooley is 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 back in Seattle. And Katie's, you know, hopefully enjoying some time at home a little bit now. So this time of year is odd. In fact, I just barely watched the goals against um, and I still haven't seen the goal that we scored. Um, what? In the game? In the game, yeah. I have a funny sidebar. Yeah. The audio in that, now oh, granted, I don't know how yeah. how much value you're going to get from that commentary team. No yeah. shade, but... They didn't They didn't know either team and yeah. I've heard, I've heard that... Lauren, Lauren Towney was the first introduction. Um, <laughs> I, whatever, I, I get it. These are mostly um, college students and so yep. forth, but yep. there was a huge audio sync problem mm-hmm. and I fixed it for the first half. It's almost unfixable for the second half because it oh, goes right. all over the place but um anyhow you haven't seen the you've only watched the the couple goals that were conceded yeah just very quickly on their twitter that's it i've seen i've seen their twitter highlights of their goals yeah um and they put they put some stuff up i don't even know that we put stuff up but i didn't dig too deep and yeah of course we have it we have it on both spideo and um instat or or y scout and so we have it i just sometimes it's hard to watch those things i get it 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 cuts pretty deep and there's there's things that we can learn from it yep but we don't have a training session until January 17th. Okay. So I just answered the questions that I came in here. I figured I knew the answer and I did not know the answer. That's that's not what I expected. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the vibe. What was it like after, was it like the St. Mary's game or the Loyola Marymount, there was a little bit of disappointment or was it, was it a lot different because of the finality? I wouldn't say there, were, there was, it was sad, but not disappointed. Kind of, you know, I've, I've got kids, you know, you've got kids, I yeah. think. And, yeah. and in, you know, that moment when, a you're, range, when you're right, disappointed, so, yeah. Like you're you're not you're, you're sad too, I guess. You feel for so many people, right? When when your kid falls down or, or you know a friend doesn't treat him as well as you'd like, and you see it on the playground or something, it, it hurts. It cuts deep, and there's that moment where you just feel bad for everybody and you want to pick them back up. And so we're together mm-hmm. after the game. We do our little our little huddle, and, and I, I've you know I'm old enough that I've been in this situation before, and I felt so bad for everyone, myself included, but mostly for for these players who this is the end of the ride. The, the seniors who mm-hmm. who finish up and so for Isabel and Maddie Camp yeah. it was the last time they'll I've thought about Maddie a lot go. about this yeah that yeah. must have been very tough so those are the people you think about and you, and you just think wow you don't I'm not someone who thinks about the, whether we won or lost, hadn't thought about the future. But here we were thinking, okay, we, we're just flying home tomorrow morning. This is over. And so three quarters of us went on a chartered flight. Amazing. Thank you, NCAA. And then didn't have enough room for all of us. And so a few of us went on a, on just a regular Southwest flight, uh, wiggled our way back. So, but that was it. Haven't seen everybody um, since then. And we won't see everybody until January 17th. A couple of things occurred to me when you described that 
context. One is that I did stick around long enough and then had to immediately go downtown and try to record a podcast in which I wanted to also give some immediate reaction to what I had just seen. It was literally stop the stream, get in my car and go record a podcast where I'm going to talk about it. Um, I didn't feel like I was seeing the type of long faces and sadness in the players that I may have expected. And I characterize it in two different ways why I thought that might be. And I'm going to check my assumptions against what you experienced and how you felt about it. One is that they played pretty damn well for about for about 75 minutes of that game, maybe 70. Yeah. And that they did get past Idaho. They won that home game. They took care of business in the most historically important game of the program's history. Mm-hmm. And they they had a really great run. So what, I'm, is that, I'm glad you saw that. I, I, is that not what you saw? No, I I, mean, I think that was there, but I don't okay. know. Okay. Um, you know, I think, first of all, we exceeded our expectations in every category. Sure. And so... As a, as a coach, as an athlete, I don't know in in my 27 years, 28 years of coaching, I yeah. don't know that that's ever happened. We set a goal to so some of the girls in the, in the meeting, I don't know what we officially settled on, said, let's win the conference. And I remember sitting, standing in the back, it was the captains talking at them. The oh, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know, but Santa Clara and Pepperdine are in our conference. And Portland's and pretty good, too. Yeah. Portland's really good. We were just picked fourth, and f- only five of you were returning starters, and one of you just went down and practiced today. And so I remember thinking, okay, that's a lot, but it's capable. If everything comes together, we could we could maybe do that, and then and then win an NCAA, go to the NCAA tournament, and then somebody somebody said, and we didn't agree to it, win an NCAA tournament game. So that was said, but not agreed to. And you know, I hope the girls saw that as something like this is this is special. But more importantly, I hope they saw that our effort is what we evaluate ourselves on, yep. not our not our score. If that was the case for for the majority or for all of them, that would make me feel really good because it is. I, I evaluate I evaluate our team on our effort, chances created. Yeah. And good and bad luck happens, and I try to set that to the side. And, that and other teams sometimes show up and they kick your ass. That's right. And that team, that's another part. I forgot the third part of the formula I was describing there is that UC Irvine played really well. They did. They came out on fire. Oh my god! And we came out. We, we were trying to we were trying to play a little less um, a little less possession based and just dump it in their in their end to try to settle because we've had this issue in previous games. So we wanted to make sure we didn't have an issue on an important day. And frankly, we just didn't do it. I think we had so oh, many people wanting to try to tell settle. Tell me what you mean by this, because so, I, I mean, keyed in on this too, but I didn't know that it was a, there was tactical intention behind it. But the let's uh, let's get the ball out of our half. Yeah, I saw so that happen a lot. We started. It's it's really tactically lame, <laughs> but many of our many of our later games in the year, and I'd probably say three quarters of the of the second half of the season, so mm-hmm. the last seven games, mm-hmm. we would we would try to win the toss. LT won the toss most of the time, and we would take the ball, not not a side. Generally. You take the side that you warmed up on and you just go or maybe the wind at your back. We would take the ball and we would go forward on the kickoff so much so that most of the time they just dump the ball out of bounds up front and we would defend really hard up there and just keep the ball and, on and the counter press. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. You'll, you'll sometimes send it out to the out the touch line deep in the opponent's yep. half. Yeah. yeah, as boring as that is, <laughs> it it, it kind of pins them in a little bit if we if we do a good high press. And so we the, there was wind and a pretty good wind in Nebraska. Oh. And so we took the wind because I thought the wind might be significant and instead of just taking taking the ball and ultimately i mean that's just one possession but but we got off on the wrong foot we tried we were trying people were trying to do what they thought was right was and that settled the team down and connect but we were all just a half second behind and got caught on our back foot a lot in the first 20 minutes and it, it happened quickly so I actually have a question which was going to be, and it sounds like I'm already getting a portion of my answer, which is like, how quickly did you recognize the peril at the beginning of the game? 
because what you're describing, two lines or third minute, Michaela looks to play the ball out from the back. All three anteater midfielders are counter pressing. They break through your lines. Yeah. They overload the box and get a shot off. Michaela, thank goodness, blocks it. But it was like I was at home. Tough turnover. And I immediately went, oh, I, I don't like what I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing and, what you like to do. Right. And yeah. Michaela, uh, Michaela, in Michaela's defense, we weren't working hard for her. So she's trying to solve a problem as a center back early in a game. If, if, if we were all working hard to be open, she would have seen more open players instead of looking up thinking, oh my gosh, what do I, what do I do? I got all these. And so that puts a freshman in a tough spot, a, a yeah. seasoned freshman, but a freshman in a tough spot. And, and yeah, from that moment forward, uh, I wasn't sitting down anymore. Right. I'm standing up and trying to almost having to overcoach the situation. It did feel like they broke the pivot. I, I felt like your, your center halves couldn't get to like they had so many games previously. Yeah. That, that play with Chelsea Lee doing her Andrea Pirlo routine. Mm -hmm. She papers over so many cracks in that team. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it just quite wasn't quite clicking. Yeah. And and I felt like, yeah, the midfield was just getting in the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. It did settle down. We're focusing on the bad right now. But yeah, but we I mean it wasn't either way, even the last sixty minutes where we played better wasn't we weren't hitting on all cylinders. And I, I I'm I'm not sure what it was, but I'm really grateful that we both had the experience and that we have yeah. so many players returning to be able to use that uh, in the future. I asked you before coming up here if you had seen the goals and you said if, unfortunately yes I have seen the, the goals that we conceded. Mm -hmm. One of them was the center half was joining the attack for UC Irvin mm -hmm. and there wasn't a closeout. I think it was Maddie was going to make a closeout just came too late mm -hmm. way too late. It was half-hearted closeout and the player picked out a pass. This is the part where I'm kind of like on the one hand was there a mistake committed by the team by Gonzaga? Multiple probably. Mm -hmm. The two center halves, somehow the forward slipped between both of them. Right. They didn't clear the ball. and But the player who got the ball, she took a magnificent touch. Yeah. Sometimes you get beat by quality. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those. She And that was not even the hardest part, even though it was a, a, a really, really, she probably couldn't get that first touch more than once out of 10 times. Yeah. But then she finesses the ball into the top corner. Yeah. I just saw that, sat there kind of dumbstruck when it happened because it was so quick. Yeah. You know, it deflected too. And so LT was... Oh, yeah, yeah. I did not catch that. So it was a default. LT said it was, she had it and it went off her, went just skimmed off the end of her knee and then went right in the corner. But it wasn't going right in the corner as it left her foot. So LT was like, oh, I had it. It was easy. Okay. I, I, I was reading her hips. You know, everything was good. But then it deflects just slightly and now it's three feet further in the corner. Oh, okay. So yeah, I didn't know that at the time either. I thought she just placed it in the corner. But when you watch it again with that eye, yeah. after hearing that, you'll notice, sure enough, it does take a, a it, meaningful it, a meaningful deflection. It took a weird flight. Yep. The ball had a lot of spin on it, but it was spinning in an unconventional way. It was it was like it had underspin on it, and I was like, "That's bizarre." Exactly, and so that'll explain it. Okay, is often she didn't. I don't know that she she hit it extra hard. It just had it just had the right flight and texture on the ball to, to beat her. So bad luck. I mean, I always yeah. I always tell our players, you know, there's usually two, sometimes three, and often more mistakes that go into the goal, and usually the the, the last person isn't the one that you focus on, right? It's it's where you lost the ball. Could you have slowed him down? Why did you lose the ball? Yeah. But, but where you lost the ball, could you have slowed him down and at least push him sideways or backwards? Was there fatigue? And I have to you ask know, that it's question. It's early in the, the game. The, the, but the closeouts... 
and the pressing, it just wasn't what I was, I'm used to watching. I think there was a lot more of a lack of, concentration. of, I don't know about focus, but a lack of a belief at the beginning of the game. Like, I'm not sure if we can do this. Um, and they should have been. I'm, they weren't the best team we played all season uh, overall, but they were a confident team when they started. And I think that put us on our on our heels. And they defeated the national champions. Yeah. It's their second year in a row of making it to the second round. Like, yep. it, I, I can understand that. It's Yeah. yeah so I, so some games, it, unfortunately, it takes us a little while to get into settle into the game. That one, not only did it take us a little while, but we also handed them some confidence as well by turning the ball over in bad places with a little bad luck off, off of our knee. Second goal, obviously, you know, some some great individual work on their part. 100%. And then, and then not, not tracking back on defense to someone wide open. Look, Coach, I, I know. I know. <laughs> she knows, too. Yeah, so you don't even have to talk to players. like Well, they know. They know. And, and she had a great stinks. game, but she had a couple things that you're like, you will learn from this moment yeah. because there was a lot of a lot of teachable moments in that game. Yeah, that game. yeah. In fact, we have um, when we tag the game, we have coachable moments. Yeah, and okay. that's what we tag. Yeah. So Highly coachable moments. Stuff we can bring up later on, you know, as, 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 as Mar goes into yeah. her senior year. There's things that she needs to, to learn as all of us grow, as I, as a coach, prepare our team for hopefully another game of that importance in the future, better ways to prepare the team. Beyond the, the mistakes that you're talking about that were committed and, and every goal, there's usually a few things that happen that characterize, like, why did this goal transpire? Yep. Yep. But I have a note for you, coach, and it's live by the nutmeg, die by the nutmeg. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many times have we done Caitlin, that this year? Oh, you had four nutmegs against Idaho. Yeah. So it's those plays, they open up so much. You're, you're, they crack open the defense and you can mm -hmm. tell there was an overcommitment in that second goal yeah. where... Kelsey is like, oh, I Lauren just got took on the baseline mm -hmm. or in the, the end line. I've got to I've got to come across and cover. She never feet set because she could have maybe she could have grabbed that. the player that Mar missed. So yeah. boom, 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 and then yeah, the confidence that you get after Meg often uh, often leads to special things, and we've does. been the beneficiary most <laughs> of the time. But live by the ironic nutmeg. ironic that it caught up to us there. Live by the nutmeg, die by the nutmeg. Did you attempt anything in the first half, or what would and what was the team talk at half? Because obviously you were seeing some of the stuff was there anything attempted in the first half um we had a moment where they had a they had an injury it, it, oh that's like right six minutes left in the first half something like that and we had we had turned the tide we had scored a goal yeah um our our start we, we sub out typically our forwards our our, our 10 comes out typically we had those players the starters had kind of turned things around a little bit Put some subs in. One of our subs, Caitlin, scores a great goal, great strike. Yep. Um, right off the right off the post. Um, so we had that moment where we were picking up some steam. They had an injury, um, and so we had a chance to talk. But really, then it was like, okay, we're bounced back. We know we can play in this game. Yep. Everybody's settled down. Let's keep going. See if we can turn up the pressure a little bit more. We did, but it still wasn't on all cylinders. We just we just weren't weren't there. It wasn't our best day, and our our I, overall, I would say our midfield needs to do a better job of receiving under pressure. That's probably my main takeaway. We mm. need to be comfortable receiving, taking our turn with the ball, no matter how tight the space is or no matter what momentum our opponent has. We need to develop great possession players that can just keep the ball when we need to. I really like that note because I, I was looking for 
if you take Amelia's run that leads to the goal, mm -hmm. it starts with a lot of endeavor by Amelia Warda, who's just takes two or three defenders with her on a little journey down the midfield. Yeah. And um, might have been mm -hmm. an attempted pass to, to Caitlin. But either way, Karen's off of a defender and, and Caitlin's right where you want a, a goal scorer, a, yeah. a poacher's goal. High Loved and it. onside. Loved it. Yep. Yep. But I did notice that there was a lot of hot potatoes in, yeah. in through the midfield that yep. I think was that the, the time on ball and, and a little bit of composure and poise. Yep. You're calling it the teachable moments. And I was thinking of it as like there was four on defensively, the two goals that were conceded, mm -hmm. obviously teachable moments for lots of different reasons. And I'm sure there are others. There were two moments of chances created that weren't created <laughs> where I was like, it reminded me of the St. Mary's game mm. a little bit. And they were both where in the first half, Maddie makes a great run. She's on the end line and in the prime assist zone. Mm -hmm. or near it and takes a shot that mm -hmm. was pretty safely saved. Sharp-angled shot when players... Caitlin was inside. open right on up. the far post. Yeah. Mar, second half, pretty late in the game. She was so good and so frustrating in that game. Mm -hmm. She takes two or three defenders, like she always does, on this little misadventure to the mm -hmm. top of the box, leaves them on roller skates, but then takes a shot when I think Caitlin was in wide, up. wide yeah. open. Yeah. There was, there's been several moments like that on our team. We, we had... Uh, probably two weeks of training where we talked about our forwards just connecting with other forwards because mm -hmm. we were a little too these are all great kids with that want to win but you get a little too like i need to get a goal i need yeah, yeah. so it's just kind of head down and and thinking that they got to do it themselves and th those were moments of it we, we actually were training on that that week trying to make sure we shared the ball a little bit better up there and and frankly i like forwards who believe they can get it done need some killers Yep. Yeah. And Mar believes she can get it done, but sometimes that attitude bites you in the butt a little bit by not having your eyes up and, and aware. Yeah. Our forwards need to do a better job of sharing the ball. Um, and it comes from the right place. They're trying to win the game for our team. They're trying to make something happen. And they believe in themselves and their ability to do it. But the team, what the team structure suffers some, sometimes from that. Not uncommon on teams with good forwards. I, I, totally. It's a knife that cuts both ways. And on yep. another day, Gianna comes away with, with a hat trick. That's right. Um, Marissa's a really accurate striker of the ball. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it's because she goes for finesse too often. I had a couple moments where I was going, lash the ball. Yeah. You can put power. She has that free kick she took. Yeah. Knuckled it. because she smacked it really hard. Yeah. I didn't agree with the, the dude who does the NCAA top five videos or whatever. I slid into his DMs and I was like, you're wrong about what you think happened with that, Marissa. Right, well, he right. blamed the keeper. And I was like, you go out there. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this. Yeah. I, this is my favorite thing in the world. I haven't talked in depth about this game at all. Like oh. coaches, we haven't. This is it. Okay. Guys, we've okay. all been separate. Talk to me about the crossbar thing. The referee goes over to the sideline and checks video. Yeah, they have replay Talk to there. me about this. I did not know they this. They had that camera, the goal line technology. In Nebraska, it lacks nothing in resources. They had goal line technology. They had Hawkeye? They, they had cameras. Okay. So, sorry, not the, not not the, the crazy not one. The chip in the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had they have cameras, and so the, so the cameraman was over there. I He actually, the guy who was the NCAA, not the NCAA, right? The facility rep for Nebraska was over on it. And so, so when it happened, we were kind of, hey, no, just check. You can tell on the spin. I I, I was hopeful, but I, I didn't didn't yeah, have yeah. the right spin to it. So I didn't think it was. And I looked over at him before the referee got there. And I said, I said was it? And he said, no. Nah. So I, we knew. And so the team came over during that time. And we were prepping him for the next. You knew. Yeah. So yeah. we knew before the referee knew just because that guy was standing there. It seemed like there was a decision. This came up on the podcast early on to swap wings. 
Mm-hmm. From you or the players? Uh, early on in the game? Yes. Yeah, it felt like. Did Gianna and Marissa, did they start left, right? And- They're free to switch when they want. Right. Um, they started out Gianna right, Marlon left. Okay. We switched that midway through the second half, forced them to switch. They may have switched before that. I actually don't care when they switch. It's, yeah, okay. it's just fine. So they have autonomy to do it on their own. They do. But you... But sometimes we, we ask for it in the second half to put to put both of them on their shooting foot when they come in. We think that creates goals uh, goals a little bit faster once we've already spread them out a little. So once we go to the PAZ for a while, then we have maybe some 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 defenders kind of trying to cut that off so you can go to the inside a little bit more. So just uh and, and sometimes it gives them a little di- different defense. Sometimes it gives them a little more optimism if they've been shut down a little bit one v one. And so we ask them to do that probably for the last twenty five minutes of the game. Okay. Question related to next year. I want to set up a conversation around the future. Do you see, where do you see things going with the front three next year? It's, I'm really, really curious because Paige comes back. Mm-hmm. Will Kate be fit? That's a, a, another question. She will be. I mean, she should be back in July or so. 11 months on an ACL now is pretty okay. typical. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get her back first of July. Um, Shelby is an outstanding player out wide up front. So we've got to do some things. You know, uh, Maddie Kemp's gone. And so we'll probably have one of those forwards play at the 10. Okay. Very likely Marissa. She's an extremely gifted player. Just bring her inside. Okay. Yeah. Maybe keep Shelby out on and, the right. And then Shelby can go out wide. Um, yeah, we have we have great options, and and you like to go into a game with five forwards who can be exceptional, and so there's room for 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 one more to, to come in. If if Mar moves back, Shelby can maybe move in as our as our first ones, and Caitlin can get even more and more minutes, or Caitlin could be a starter, and Shelby can get. But either way, there's there's minutes to there's good ways to get five forwards a ton of minutes and still play high pressure, yeah, and high high result um, attacking soccer mm. with four. It's tough with three it's impossible you can't press like that so you have to have you have to have five if you're going to be effective and last season we did Kate Doyle is especially she's our leading scorer by far when she went down and yeah, so expectations would be high but expectations for a kid coming back from their ACL in month uh, 11 and 12 you know it takes a little while so we'll see how it goes this is a very specific question but I can't help myself asking Caitlin Rigg is a nine has that been something you've played around with yeah yeah Caitlin Caitlin's been a nine a ton oh, she's she been has. A t- she's been I a might nine. not have seen it she's been a nine this season maybe earlier in the season. Okay. But as Paige developed, then she started pushing out wide. And so Paige was Paige came on at the end of the season really really nicely and but I would say the first month and a half of the season, um, she would come in as an, as the nine. She's really good back to goal. I've probably seen it. In, uh, exactly. Uh, got that target persona. Yeah. They perform a similar function in different ways, her mm-hmm. and Paige. And what I, how I would describe it is just like their work rate. Yeah. They yeah. just run so much. And yeah. Caitlin's physicality. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our... F- Gianna could be an All-American. Mark could be an All-American. Kate Doyle could be an All-American. Mm-hmm. All three of them, it's in them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Shelby would be w- w- is an All-American by the time she finishes up. Caitlin could be that kind of a runner. She probably doesn't have the skill left in her in her playing time to be an All-American, but yeah. she could score ten goals and be an All-Conference player. Yeah. Th- the sky's the limit for that gr- for that group. Yeah. And and. All of them, you just look at them with, with, man, if I was 20 and had your potential, I would just be on cloud nine. And I hope they're excited and motivated for the future, for their future, because they can that, that can be a really special group. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, we could have the best attacking five in the country potentially next year. I can't help but ask a follow up question to that. It is so exciting. What is the like, what do you anticipate? I, this is and how are you going to manage the hype that's going to come with that? This, there's going to be some cheese, coach. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be some cheese and Kool-Aid. Sure. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, it's something new for us. It's something maybe I had at my previous coaching stop. We had a lot of talent returning and that was somewhat common. You know, I don't know. I haven't thought about that, but it'll, I think that'll be a real issue. I think, it, you know, set goal scores, you got to set your ego aside and do what's best for the team. And these are great kids, great kids. And so I, th- I think it'll be, I think we'll be okay. When you think about the success of the year, the many successes and some of the historic firsts, right? And you look forward to next year and what's to come because again, so many returning players, mm-hmm. all but a couple, all but one starting senior from the teams that I've seen do most of the, most of your starting 11s. Mm-hmm. What would be the thing you remember the most about this year in addition to the success? I mean, a lot of the moments at Pepperdine and that win um, were just etched in my brain, hopefully forever. Uh, there was one specific moment that on the bus, yeah, I like the moments that, that only the team has. Those are probably, as I get older, those are the probably the moments that I that I like the most. Um, but we were on the bus. Uh, we're, we're driving back. We're on the Pacific Coast Highway. We just barely got on the highway down the hill from Pepperdine. And somebody said, Coach, do we get rings? And just behind me is Lauren Town, who, you know, our emotional leader and co-captain. And she's without, before I could answer, because everybody knows, of course you get rings. Lauren Town screams, we get rings, we get rings. And she was so genuinely excited. Like it had actually occurred to her in that moment. Yep. That, of, oh my not gosh. Not only do we get rings, but I'm going to shout the answer of yes, we get rings. To everybody as loud as she could <laughs> on the bus. And so it was just us, you know, just just the folks who had everything in on that game. And she screams, we get rings. That'll be the moment that I that I remember the most. That's awesome. I wanted to start with this, but it didn't make sense. And it makes sense now. I know more about this Gonzaga women's team right now than I know about my favorite Premier League soccer team, <laughs> Newcastle United. Starting Newcastle, with okay. Newcastle. Yes, yeah. I, I imagined a moment where I would go to one of your last training sessions where you talked about this game, or maybe you'd be watching video or something. I'd just be able to come in and just say, right. hey, coach, thanks for letting me um, be part of this and coming on the podcast. And hey, you, you and you and you, uh, great job. And I can't right. wait to watch next year. I don't get to do that, but I know more about this team right now than I know about my own favorite soccer team, Newcastle United. Cool. Starting with number zero, Lauren Town, number seven, left back, Kelsey Euler, Mm -hmm. left center back, number 23, Grace Quarter, right center back, number 27, Kayla Warner, right back, number two, Lauren Chin, who gets backed up by number six, Willow Collins, often. Uh, the pivot, the maestro, Andrea Pirlo. I, I, mm-hmm. I think of her as the Andrea Pirlo of the team. Chelsea Lee, number 13. Yep. Left central midfielder, number 31, Amelia Warta. Mm-hmm. Right central midfielder, departing senior. Good luck in whatever comes next for you, Maddie Kemp, mm-hmm. number four. And left wing, Marissa Garcia, number 11. Number 19, the number nine position, center forward, Paige Alexander. And right wing, number five, Gianna Riley. Impressive. I don't know their number. Good job. <laughs> I don't know why I do. This is, this, is a, this is an illness. But I didn't get a chance to come say goodbye to all these players, and I, w- I really wanted to take this moment to do so. So it's been a super huge joy. I'll keep using that word because it's the only one that makes sense to me. Thank you, Coach Watkins, for coming on the Spokane Soccer Show. It's a brand new thing that we're doing here, and you've obviously been a huge part of it so far. And 
Yeah, thanks for your time. It's an honor, and thanks for celebrating our season with us. It was it was great to have more people kind of get on our bandwagon, especially you in such a big way. It was really, really nice to have you on board. Thank you. You're welcome. And I will say, and I want to talk directly to the camera when I say this, if you didn't take, if I pleaded with you and you didn't take me up on going and supporting this team a couple months ago when I was shouting from the rooftops and you yeah. feel like you've got some FOMO and you missed out, it's not too late. It's too late for this season. And a lot of this episode won't make a lot of sense, but starting next spring, start paying attention. They start playing first kick of the ball and a game will be in August, I assume? Yeah, mid-August. Okay. And uh, yeah, looking forward to next year. Yeah, thanks, thanks. coach. Appreciate thanks, you. All right. Awesome. Super cool. I'm really impressed at how well you know, like how you know our team. Like that. That's really impressive. You have a great mind. It feels really dorky. <laughs> no.